before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Aperba, Rock the Green, Nate Hansen of Hansen Screen Printing, Andy Herbrandt, Eric Sari, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, and Kelby Goodman. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are talking about something a uh, little known, uh, maybe, I think, to, uh, you know, the Palm Olive brand and and uh, the, the soap industry kind of... Uh, uh, scenario here. Uh, maybe we used to uh, wash our dishes with, or maybe we wash ourselves. You got to wash them bowls, Sometimes. Paulie. Sometimes we wash Wash ourselves. your bowls with some palm olive. Got to have good hygiene. We were discussing the history behind the brand uh, and the BJ Johnson and company, uh, which uh, we'll talk a little bit more of Pretty how that sort of ties back in. Uh, we also have great Wisconsin music, again, reaching back into the deep archives oh, here. Yeah. Uh, you can probably still hear this band on uh, some alternative radios and stuff, even today. They were actually discovered by the Psychedelic Furs. There you go. So we are uh, featuring a Violent Femmes classic. Uh, we also have another brew review and another edition of the infamous How Many Locos? <laughs> it gets wild. It gets wilder. Every time it gets wilder. Uh, if you have not already, please... Go and leave us a review, a five-star, with a little bit of uh, nice words and commentary, if you would, please. Uh, wherever you choose to listen, we don't care where it is. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, this little three-minute thing that, that total, uh, you know, for you, means a world of difference for us. So, Did you notice really an uptick, too? We were at, like, 40 reviews on Apple. Very, it's very getting, much It's getting so. up there. I mean, we're, our podcast is becoming something. And you know what? We're really we're really starting to develop a really cool relationship with a lot of new a podcasts. Lot of, a lot of... And, yeah, not only that, we made a lot of new friends, too. Yeah. And, actually, there's a lot of new listeners, too. So, we hope you guys really enjoy this stuff. Absolutely. So, it's been really cool. And, uh, you know, if you wish to become a sponsor, you can do that right on our website, wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. That's where you can find links and uh, a little bit of more information on our Patreon and the different levels that you can become a sponsor for that, and also our T Public. So that is where we choose to do our merch business through, and you can find literally anything: uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts, onesies, can koozies, uh, bags of sorts, and I mean a lot of stuff. I'm not gonna lie; I might buy a WDH thong. I've been throwing it out there for a while, but I might do it. I think you should, and okay, then I thanks. think you know maybe we could do uh, some sort of a photo shoot. Oh yeah, you want a WDH calendar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. I don't see why not. I think it'd be spicy. So. Yeah, spicy. <laughs> it'd be a real nice rock and roll. Don't spicy. get that one for Ma for Christmas. That might get a little wild. Yeah, that's a little uh, weird. Um, hey, if you can't support us financially or anything like that, we totally understand. We get it. 
You can also choose the best form of marketing at this point. Uh, still, uh, you know, literally the most effective word of mouth. Yeah, it helps us out a ton. It's been yeah. like our number one. Just tell somebody. I tell- mean, we don't we don't really have a ton of cash. We don't really like like, you know what I mean? Like actually put out promos and stuff like that. We yeah. we were pretty low key to yeah. be honest, which is great. So, uh, you know, honestly, let's just jump right in and and talk a little bit more about the history of this BJ Johnson and Company. Let's hear about it. The old BJ. The old B and J. The Beej. So before we begin uh, this little piece of obscure history, this ended up coming from a listener um, named Jamie who was sitting at the Stone Creek Coffee and brought to, this was brought to his attention. So he must have been near the location of 320 Fowler Street in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, yeah. where the B.J. Johnson Soap Company was started. This was also new to me, and um, I actually never heard of this, so I ended up having to go to my library where I found some pretty awesome articles And I, when I wrote this. Thing. You had to do some thumbing through, you know? Yeah, you gotta. Sometimes you just gotta do that research. It all starts with one man, Burdett J. J. A. Y. Johnson, who was originally from Ellicottville, Ellicottville, um, New York, but he would decide that he would like to try manufacturing soaps, candles, and cheese. And where else do you move to sell cheese but the motherland of cheese? Gotta. Wisconsin, this is the only maybe. place. So in 1864, he decided to move to Milwaukee to start a business, eventually starting the B.J. Johnson & Company, where he settled on mainly the manufacturing of soaps. And these were some of the first soaps that were sold um, and costed roughly about 10 cents a bar back then, uh, what they called a cake of soap. It's a bar now, but it was called a cake in old timey. I'm sure they were probably larger back then too. And they were actually cut like a cake is why they called them a cake. Basically, they put them in a big pan and they cut them like a cake. Nice. Um, It was a few years later when his son, Caleb Elliott Johnson, entered his father's business. Initially, his father started him in uh, lower positions in the company, such as like a general worker and traveling salesman. Manufacturing and sales. Slang and soap. Peddling soap, if you will. Slang and... You want to buy some of this soap? Check what he's I got. got. A trench coat. He opens oh yeah, it up. he's naked underneath, but he has soap in his bar. <laughs> he opens Look at how clean I am, buddy. Look at how clean yeah, I am. That's clean a good as bitch. A, clean as a whistle. That's there you a go. Good I bitch. know it is, especially when you're rocking a Johnson. Want some of this soap? Also, look at how clean I am. He's he's rocking the BJ Johnson downstairs <laughs> yeah. too. So, but uh, on December 31st of ni- 1894, the company was officially named the BJ Johnson Soap and Company. And Caleb would eventually earn his spot as vice president until 1902 when his father would pass away and he would take the reins. Wow. Yeah. So before all of this, however, that that is known today, in 1988, the original formula was just concocted of palm oil, olive oil, and cocoa butter. And the company introduced the palm palm olive soap named after the ingredients, obviously palm and olive oil. And that was the late 1800s there, 1898. You know, creating this uh, this recipe, if you will, for this, uh, you know, delicious soap. Yeah. And in 1899, the first slogan of the company was new luxury made palm and olive oils. Wow. Yeah. And due to the large success of this soap and becoming in the early 1900s, the best selling soap in the country. In 1917, the company actually changed their name to the Palm Olive Company as they would become known for this one amazing soap for the time period. And due to the heavy amounts of advertising, which was kind of new at the time, right? I mean, if you put in a newspaper like in New York, hey, you, you got a massive market, right? Like, yeah. you, you, you were set. And I think, again, you know, the the, the ability to uh, sort of make the, the products here in Wisconsin great, uh, but then also to get it to other locations like New York. It's yeah, still and, great. Yeah, and they were also in early publications too, like yeah. early magazines and catalogs as well, like the Sears and Roebucks. 
And uh, it was advertised in the newspapers and catalogs, uh, promoting it as an exotic cleanser that would only be favored by the pharaohs. Incorporating things like pharaohs, Egyptian themes, Greek goddesses, Asian bathhouses, art deco architecture, and all of the hot trends of the time. Even incorporating art that was becoming famous at the time in Paris known as the Art Nouveau moment. Oh, yeah. The Art Nouveau Art movement. Nouveau. So besides the soap, the company also added a full line of cosmetics and later things I am more familiar with, the dish soap, which I actually use, Yeah, which I still use today. Of course, um, like all things corporate America and the changing of the merging of companies, in 1928, they were bought out and merged with the Colgate Company and firmed the, the firm associated with them. And uh, obviously, I hope you guys know about tooth, tooth fixing tooth, tooth and decay. tooth stuff and <laughs> i hope you guys are brushing your teeth out there at least yeah, once with a day palm olive soap don't be using that but no maybe use colgate yeah colgate might be a good choice <laughs> so today it is still available for purchase and the colgate palm olive actually still exists so eric do you uh, end up using any palm olive uh, products any i we use the dishwasher fluid as well i believe we soap. use the dishwashing uh, stuff but the, as far as uh like the soap that's next to like the sink is you know dawn yeah yeah uh, that kind of thing but you know at, at the same time I'm sure something up you know up in my cabinet or cupboard uh it, it you know has the the palm olive name or the Colgate name on it yeah and they actually still sell bar soap um by yeah. the way I mean I don't use it obviously I don't use bar soap too much anymore I'm kind of using like the gel stuff I don't know you're a real you. no I use bar you use bar still yeah I've been using the gel still unfortunately like I see all those Dr. Squatch commercials I'm like man I probably should switch this up it is pretty gross see that honest. Dr. Squatch stuff is too expensive it is you just got to go with a nice like uh Costco bar soap or a Dove or something like that and and uh in my opinion, I just don't get the film that I do with like the gels. Yeah, and your bath waters and get all weird and tainted. Yeah, like, but you know the cool thing is too, if you do like good soap, I mean, like a lot of the farmers markets have like some of the most amazing local amazing people that make like, the best smelling soap I've ever yeah. used in my life. Some of literally the best scented stuff, and it's all using uh, real organic uh, stuff instead of like manufactured uh, scents and stuff. But yeah, what a little known piece of history. Who knew Palm Olive was started here in Wisconsin? Isn't that I know. insane? Uh, the, the roots of, of certain things, it seems to, uh, you know, never really like truly cease to amaze that uh, we have such amazing history here with it's, everything. Yeah, I mean, the winters are long, man. People have time to think and actually design stuff because there's like a long portion, about six months of the year. Where six months out of the year where you've got pretty nothing darn better cold, to do. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. And again, a listener uh, submission. Jamie, I mean, yeah, it was a good awesome. suggestion. It was a good suggestion. And I found a lot of really cool information on this. Um, if you go to your local library, you can probably find more too. I mean, obviously we do the 10,000 foot view and I kind of patch this together with all the stuff I found right. regarding the company, but yeah, it's just, just amazing history. Yeah. Uh, definitely go back out and do a little bit more research if you wish. Uh, very cool, very cool history. And don't be sending us nudes of you guys using palm olive in the shower. No, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to get in some kind of, uh, issues here. But yeah. The, no, unless you, if you guys want me to take a couple pictures of some palm olive in uh, my Wisconsin drunken history, thong, maybe just you, just give me a, just give me a holler. Maybe just you washing some dishes. Yeah. I can wash a dish for you dish or two. Yeah. Some palm olive. So, all right, let's jump right into our music segment. Another which is legendary Wisconsin band. Purely Wisconsin. We keep it straight original here. And again, reaching out into the the, the time, you know, warp and, and bringing back something that's, you know, a classic. And 
what's more classic than Violent Femmes, and what's more Milwaukee than Violent Discovered Femmes? on the streets of Milwaukee by the Psychedelic Furs, one yeah. of the greatest rock bands of all time. If you if you ask me, add it up. I mean, just like just Blister in the Sun. I Absolutely. Mean, song about tugging, tugging the old, tugging the boys. Yeah, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Not tugging boys. It, it's it's such a cool uh, piece of history when you, when you learn it uh, that that you know this this. Uh, truly iconic song that is absolutely just like i mean it just gets stuck oh, in man. your head the xylophone and like, it's from right here ding, 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 ding. i know it's we were talking incre- about that, yeah, that yeah. awesome walk down it's just like they, they have that xylophone too yeah. they have like a xylophone solo in this song so today we chose gone daddy gone probably a classic violent fan amazing song. everyone knows the song it's it's just incredible um i was gonna do add it up but that song you know i, I wasn't sure how our audience would react to that that's a, kind of a weird one so but yeah, today we're featuring Gone Daddy Gone by the Violent Femmes. Daddy gone. 
what a way to end the damn thing on that Doom. xylophone or, or marimba or whatever the hell that is. Uh, but Violent Femmes, I mean, just an absolute staple of the uh, Wisconsin area, Milwaukee uh, music scene. Uh, one of those bands that just truly made it. I mean, they are, like I said, still on the radio today. Absolutely amazing. So let's go ahead and jump in. We've got a somewhat related segment here for the beer review. Yeah, so many of you may not know this, but I am into the beer trade. Yes, and, beer uh, trade. One of the ones I got was from a, a Canadian um, up in the Newfoundland area called uh, Port Rexton Brewing Company. So this and they was- wanted they wanted some New Glarus, some Spotted Cow, uh, like most people do, and you know because they it's such a legendary beer. Uh, that that individuals just love and want, and you can only get it in Wisconsin. Exactly, so Wisconsin it was, only. It was, it was a fair trade, so I ended up getting this beer, and this is why we featured this song today. It's a mixed trick, you know the the bag the box that that uh, Russ received. Um, I saw the different stuff that was in there, and this one, uh, the 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 beer trade person who sent it to us was like, "You guys are from the Milwaukee area." You got to have this. Oh, yeah. I'm not your guy, buddy. I'm not your buddy, pal. I ain't your pal, guy. I ain't your guy, pal. But no, they sent us this from Canada, um, actually called Violent Femmes Beer. And this one is a dry hopped kettle sour um, with butter butterfly pea flower, um, which actually has a bright blue petal and uh, kind of used to kind of as a natural dye and an herbal tea within the beer. So you get right. that sour flavor, but you're also getting the sweet and the floral. A nice, a nice color to it, too. It's a... Uh... A really good beer. Yeah, this one's coming in at 4.6% uh, ABV, and uh, it has like a lot of fruity in the floral notes, like I said. Kind of kind of that tartness, like a little bit of tart, a little bit of uh, sweet balance. And uh, for any of our listeners who uh, are in Canada or uh, any of the listeners who go to Canada often, you got to try to look for these. Um, Port Rexon makes amazing yeah. beers. This is, I think, in the Newfoundland area, so if you're anywhere near, you know, the 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 eastern part of the state uh, the northeastern part of the state you're you're going to be able to to you know hopefully travel across the border and and find some of these amazing beers that Port Rexton is putting out they've got a full lineup of just tremendous stuff hop in your car and head on up <laughs> just get in there <laughs> get in the car i'm sure there's some kind of ferry that'll take you there i don't know i'm yeah. not really into the canadian travel and that's but. actually part of french canada too up by quebec i believe newfoundland so. jean pierre I love you, John. I love you, John Pierre. I don't know. We just made this up, but yeah, who's the the actor from Star Trek? Uh, Yeah, but no, but yeah, if you get a chance to head to Canada, obviously Canada always has like a new variety of beer, and this is actually a first for WDH. We're going outside of our comfort zone, Wisconsin. Here, we're supporting our Canadian brothers. I thought the tie, you know, or we thought the tie was. Uh, you know, the violent just, femmes, just obviously, and so like, we, we had to do it. We figured, you know what, we've got this beer and then, you know, we can feature a violent femme song and, and make it a whole episode. That's, you know, the femmes, man, it's great. And when we poured this thing too, we were like, what are we drinking here? Like the can's purple, right? It's yep. purple. Have, have some violent femmes on the playing some guitars and some drums on the can. There's yeah. purple color. We poured it out. It's, it's like a natural dye in there. So there's like a little hint of like a bluish color to it. So we're like, what are we getting into here? But then when you taste it, it's actually really good. It has sweet and floral notes, just a little bit of tartness. It's not yeah. as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's like you're drinking, you know, kind of like a boozy tea, uh, you know, nice cold iced tea that's sour-ish. Uh, nothing, nothing over the, over the edge, though. I mean, it's just a really good, 
And at 4.6, I mean, come on. It's yeah, not a crusher. It's, it's not crazy. And, you know, like if you do go over the border, I'm not th- sure if uh, Thunder Bay or Salt St. Marie up in the UP actually carries this, if not. I don't but know. if they do, definitely snag this because it is a great beer. And obviously, tribute to the Violent Femmes, who, one of our favorite Milwaukee bands. Yes. So we, had to, we had to get this one, right? I mean, it was like, it's a no-brainer. It's a delicious tie. I agree. Grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many logos you have? All right, folks, we got a special Wisconsin festival full of lifted trucks and hillbillies on our How Many Locos segment. So, uh, Eric, want to tell us what happened here? Yeah, lifted trucks and drunks. Nothing says country music like slapping a few back, I guess. I don't yep. know. <laughs> and driving home. The uh, Kenosha County Sheriff's Department reported that 61 citations and 25 arrests uh, occurred at the 2022 edition of the Country Thunder Music Festival in Randall, Wisconsin. Nine of the arrests were felony criminal arrests, so uh, if those are DUIs or OWIs, that means that they had to have their fourth offense, uh, at least, in order to become a felony. So... Nine of those were felony criminal arrests, uh, according to a release from the authorities. The majority of the citations issued were for underage alcohol violation, which made up 37 citations. Um, The Sheriff's Department uh, Lieutenant Daniel Ruth said the total number uh, are typical, basically, for Country Thunder, with last year's citations uh, sitting at around 70. So... Maybe a little less this year. So how many people do you think had Cummins coal rolling trucks at this thing? Oh, let's yeah, just take, for sure. Let's just, take a, let's just take a guess here. The majority, you think? Yeah, or Duramax, because I'm assuming that most of these are Chevy drivers. Okay. I like to think that as well. You know, it's just country music, you know, they always got the... Lifted trucks. I got my Chevy Silverado <laughs> and my big-ass belt buckle. Dirt roads. And my nice jeans. fucking jeans with the white stitching on the pockets um if you can't guess russ and i are we're really old country folks you know, uh, merle haggard and up to the mid 90s is pretty much my cutoff to be honest like yeah. garth brooks was probably the end of my era garth brooks with, makes some pretty good music we're dealing I, with country though that was kind of the cutoff kenny ches Garth Leo Brooks, is, he's got the serial killer vibe, though, a little bit. Yeah, you want to know what that... He's like, got bodies hidden somewhere. You know what, though? Remember his, like, alter ego? Was yeah, that, that Chris Austra- Gaines. Chris Gaines, the Australian yeah. singer. I'll never forget Chris Gaines. He was freaking weird, man. Uh, <laughs> fucking emo, dude. He was um, like, yeah, what was going on? it was on bad music. It was. Too. It was terrible. So, Country Thunder is a shitty uh, country music festival that happens here in Wisconsin, Did- and... Um, Brings in all of the top uh, new acts, uh, barely ever any of the... So, the only time I ever went was to see Leonard Skinner, Me too. ZZ Top, and Marshall Tucker Band. That yeah. was the only time I ever went to this hellhole. It was 04 or 05. Yeah. One of the two. The Leonard Skinner show... It was awesome. We talked about this, I think, at, an, at another uh, show, but... Um, their banner lit up their whole side stage banner. The PA started it was amazing. a fire. Oh yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> they were rocking too hard. The PA system couldn't handle it. There's too many free birds being shouted. Way too many free birds, and a few free birds. Oh yeah, yeah. Back to the palm olive uh, <laughs> side of this thing. Somebody opened up their trench coat, and their bird was free. <laughs> they, and, were, <laughs> they were swinging. <laughs> their bird was just wide open. 
Yeah, and 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 like I said, I mean, it, it, this is regular. This is typical for this this festival to produce a bunch of shitty drunk drivers. Um, and so, although today's article is a little bit weird in terms of you know we don't have a single uh, uh, driver, we don't have uh, any sort of numbers or anything like that. But what we do have is this huge collective. We're gonna go ahead and and take. The 37 underage drinkers kind of out of uh, out of the play. We're going with the DUIs. We're just going to go with the nine felony criminal DUI arrests, and we're going to talk primarily about those. And yeah. uh, so, in order, like we said before, in order to make it a felony, so, uh, and we, you got to have four at least. And let's bring up the evidence here. We probably got kids in their mid twenties, right? Kids mid twenties. Yeah. Lifted trucks. A lot of high life, like guaranteed. High life was the number yeah, one. Yeah, bush light. You too. think you think BLs, the lattes. You think there's lattes or natty. You think there's some natty out there too. Maybe Natter some days. keystones, some stones. Oh, stones, huge. Coors. You know what? Honestly, people are like off the keystone stuff these days. What's the cool? They're thing just though? drinking Coors. Coors. Uh, if, they, if they're gonna go with keystone, they're just gonna go Coors, uh, which is basically like drinking pond water. It's gross and it's uh, it's it's a disgusting beer. Their banquet um, is good though. The Coors original banquet is fine. Um, Coors Light is just absolute dog shit. Um, it's a terrible beer. It is. It's an awful beer. Um, you know, if you're going to go that route, you might as well just drink a fucking Hams, save yourself the cash, and and drink a better a better beer. I don't know. Or old Milwaukee, or even Bush Light. Fuck it. I mean, I, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I like to drink a dozen Bush Lights every once in a while uh, out on the lake or something like that. It's just it's a good. Good sipping beer. It's water. It actually has like a, a decent flavor to it. Coors Light just has a nasty headache flavor to it. It's it's disgusting. I'm thinking that most of these people are probably, to be honest, Bud Light drinkers. Okay. Bud Light's a huge, they've got a huge hold on the market. This is sad, man. Pretty pretty decent beer, though. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a light beer, uh, Bud Light does have a... A, a decent flavor to it, better I've than. I've never been a bud guy. I don't like the rice. I don't, I don't like, like the it anymore. I don't, I don't like the rice that they use in it. I don't like the flavor. Yeah, I don't it's really drink it much thing. anymore. The the back in the day, I used to think because it was a, a rice beer uh, that it would save you know hangovers. I, I learned very quickly uh, it doesn't. You know, it's it, you're still going to get just if you drink you know eight or eight or more of them, you're still going to get just hungover as uh, the you know any other beer. But uh, you know, you've got. You've got quite a few, quite a few people here getting into some pretty big shit. Some some mid twenties kids looking for riffraff, Cummins trucks, lifted trucks, shooting coal on people. I'm thinking they're in their thirties, Bernies, anywhere from like mid to mid mid to late twenties into their mid thirties. You um, think so? I think my piss and vinegar left in my late twenties. Like I don't have the fight in me anymore. Right, but you, know? you go to a thing like Country Thunder, and you're seeing, I don't know who's relevant anymore in the country world, but let's just say like. Toby Keith or something. I don't know who the, Luke Bryan, Luke Bryan, or Luke Byron, <laughs> Luke Byron. I don't know who the hell that is. No, I do. He's you know, a judge Luke, on something. Yeah, yeah, he's on like some judging show. But yeah, I think, American Idol. I think. I think. He, yeah. he's Green dating Gwen Stefani. Is that no? Guy? Who is that guy? Blake Shelton. Blake. Oh, that's right. I that's, don't know anything about country. That's oh, the sorry. other. Uh, um, that's the other uh, show, reality singing show. Okay. Uh, the the one where they turn the chairs, and and that's uh, like. As far as like you know, Blake Shelton goes, I'll, I'll admit some of the stuff that he produces is just straight up pandering garbage. But some of the stuff that he has is not, and and we're talking primarily that '90s stuff that he had, Old Red, 
pretty decent country song told a oh, story yeah. that had nothing to do with a lifted truck and a you know fucking farm yeah and- just you know dumb shit but the, the thing is you've got a bunch of these kids and i say kids but they're probably around the same age as us because they're getting felonies. So that they're means they've got some they've got some history. Oh yeah, here. and they're basically listening to farm emo. Let's be honest, they're, the lyrics are totally farm emo. Look at that. It's exactly farm what it emo. Is. Farm emo. Fucking. <laughs> so you know the old John Deere crybaby stuff here, uh, fake John Deere crybabies. They're all you know rocking new John Deere instead of the old shit. I'm um, a I'm a dirtbag Kubota guy. So. <laughs> you don't even have a Kubota. I can't afford the JD. Yeah, you've got a Cub Cadet. C- CD. Yeah, the old the old Cadet baby. But uh, yeah, I, I I think I think in in general uh, for this for this one we can probably just take the nine and and assume that they're because they're all felonies. We've got four plus uh, DUI in the history bank there. Let's go ahead and take it off of that and just see. And and now this is combined, so you got to do. Some heavier math here, my friend. You know what, though? I have a pretty good average to throw these guys at. We're not doing a combined nine, are we? No, we are. Oh, we are. So yeah. So what are you thinking here? I mean, I got. I kind of have a number started here. I mean, I'm just saying for for all for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, with all nine, I I, go- I, it's a high number. I was thinking 144. I was thinking 135. Okay, so you want to meet like in the middle, maybe 140 yeah. you think, a 140? I think a 140 so I th- is a perfect... I think everyone's drinking about a four cans of Loco, like a 16. Yeah. So that's kind of my, was my range. That was your initial, yeah. Yeah, I, I was 12. thinking 16 times... three cans, yeah. Yeah, 16 times nine, you get, get a 144. So we'll, we'll meet in the middle at 140. Yeah. So Country Thunder's a 140 Loco and... Uh, it's, it's, it's heavy shit. Don't you, go there. You want to know what though? I probably will go with Chris Stapleton. I actually like Chris Stapleton. Chris He's Stapleton's amazing. Great. He's like actually like old and the school. Os- brothers Osborne. Yeah, they I don't some mind some of that stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. What's the other one that like? It's like a Backstreet Boys country. Uh, Dan and Shay. BTS. B- what's BTS? I don't know. I think that's a Korean pop group. Oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know if they'd be a Country Thunder. They might though. No, no, probably not. They'd be a Korean Thunder. If you don't like America, you can get out. You Koreans, get out of here. Yeah, I think that's Korean Thunder. I, I had that back. Korean Thunder. <laughs> I said, oh that was my, my bad. gosh. I thought I was thinking of a different festival. K pop Thunder, baby. Yeah. Where's that going to be? North Korean Thunder. Oof. Yeah. Kim Jong il rocks yeah. and roll. The great leader. <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, uh, law and order this bitch Hit at the, 140. 140. Hit the gavel, Eric. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.